Hello, and welcome to my podcast, of which listening to makes you a certified freak, capitalized C and F in certified freak. Uh, in today's and likely the only episode, we'll be discussing the Three Mile Island incident. The Three Mile Island incident was a nuclear accident that occurred on March 28, 1979, at the Three Mile Island nuclear generating station located in the U.S. Pennsylvania. It was the most severe accident in the history of the American commercial nuclear power generating industry. So, to help us understand the incident, we have an expert in nuclear safety. And the expert is me. I decided for myself, and anyone who disagrees with me is simply wrong, quite frankly. So, what exactly happened at Three Mile Island, you may ask? Well, the incident started when a cooling system malfunctioned, causing a partial meltdown of one of the two nuclear reactors on the site. As the reactor overheated, radioactive gases were released into the atmosphere, triggering, triggering my apologies, a public alarm and forcing the evacuation of nearby residents. If you're confused due to unfamiliar terminology, a meltdown's when the fuel rods in a nuclear reactor get so hot they start to melt, which releases radioactive materials into the environment. Uh, through proxy, like after everything else happens, which can be incredibly dangerous. Um, the Three Mile Island incident was caused overall by equipment malfunctions and operator errors. One of the cooling pumps in the secondary loop of the reactor's cooling system failed, which led to a reduction in coolant flow and an increase in reactor temperature. In response, a relief valve opened to release the resulting pressure but failed to close properly, leading to a loss of coolant and an even further increase in temperature. What did the plant operators do when they realized they had a problem, you might ask? Unfortunately, there were several communication problems between the operators and the control room, which made the system work which made the situation worse. The operators made several mistakes which led to a buildup of pressure inside the reactor. The operators in the control room failed to recognize the seriousness of the situation and did not respond appropriately. They incorrectly assumed that the relief valve had closed and the reactor was still adequately cooled, and as a result, they took actions that exacerbated the situation and de delayed the implementation, my apologies, I can't speak, uh, of emergency procedures. As the temperature rose, the reactor's fuel rods began to overheat, partially melting the fuel. The melted fuel mixed with other materials, creating a molten mass that threatened to breach the reactor vessel and release radioactive material into the environment. We're going to stop right there. That was actually the brief summary. Let me get into the details, because nobody will be spared from my rambling, not even the person grading this. The accident began about 4 a.m. on Wednesday, March 28, 1979, when the plant experienced a failure in the secondary non-nuclear section of the plant, which I will restate was one of two reactors on the site. Either mechanical or an electric failure prevented the main feed water pumps from sending water to the steam generators that remove heat from the reactor core, and this caused the plant's turbine generator and then the reactor itself to automatically shut down. Immediately, the pressure in the primary system, which is the nuclear piping portion of the plant, began to increase, and in order to control that pressure, the pilot-operated relief valve opened, which was located at the top of the pressurizer. Now, the valve should have closed when the pressure fell to proper levels, but it stayed stuck open. Instruments in the control room, however, indicated to the plant staff that the valve was closed. 
As a result, the plant staff members were unaware that cooling water in the form of steam was pouring out of the stuck open valve. When alarms rang and warning lights flashed, the operators didn't think that the plant was experiencing a loss of coolant accident. Other instruments available to plant staff also provided inadequate or misleading information. During normal operations, the large pressure vessel that held the reactor core was always filled to the top with water, so there was no need for a water level instrument to show whether the water in the vessel covered the core. As a result, plant staff assumed that as long instruments as long as instruments showed that the pressurizer water was level was high enough, the core was properly covered with water too. That was not true and it cost them big time. Unaware of the stuck-open relief valve and unable to tell if the core was covered with cooling water, the staff underwent a series of actions that uncovered the core, which you should never do, ever. The stuck valve reduced primary system pressure to the point that reactor coolant pumps began to vibrate and had to be turned off. The emergency cooling water being pumped into the primary system threatened to fill up the pressurizer completely, which is clearly an undesirable condition, and they cut back on the flow of water. Without the reactor coolant pump circulating that cooling water, and with the primary system starved of emergency cooling water, the water level in the pressure vessel dropped and the core overheated. Now, what was the outcome of this? Fortunately, the reactor vessel held up. The reactor containment vessel held up, I should reiterate. And there was an extensive release of radioactive materials into the environment. However, there was contamination inside of the plant, and it took several years and millions of dollars to clean it up. In fact, um, it's that plant is still... It never went back into... It never started uh, functioning again. It's decommissioned. So the long term effects of the incident? Well, the incident led to a widespread public outcry about the safety of nuclear power plants. In the aftermath of the incident, significant changes were made to the nuclear industry, including improvements in reactor design and safety measures, increased regulation and oversight, and enhanced emergency response protocols. The TMI incident has permanently changed the nuclear industry and the NRC. Uh, The NRC overhauled its licensing regulations, and the management of the plants became more scrutinized. The incident also prompted a reassessment of the risks and benefits of nuclear power, leading to a slowdown in the construction of new nuclear power plants in the U.S. Additionally, the incident significantly impacted public opinion about nuclear energy, which continues to last. Although there was no immediate deaths or injuries, the incident caused significant environmental and economic damage, as well as a loss of public confidence in the safety of nuclear power. You might wonder if incidents like Three Mile Island could happen again today. The industry has learned a great deal from the incident, and safety standards have improved significantly, as I've stated beforehand. Unfortunately, however, there is always a risk with any complex system, and we must remain vigilant to ensure that incidents like this never happen again. Overall, the Three Mile Island incident remains a crucial reminder of the risks associated with nuclear power and the need for strict safety regulations and procedures to minimize those risks. That has been the first and likely only episode in my podcast. Thank you for listening. And goodbye. I'm never speaking for this long ever again.